Good morning. We're excited always about joining together our hearts and minds, spirit here inside the room, and we get to be uh, a part of what God is continuing to do as well online. We're welcoming each of you online. We have a lot of people traveling, and uh, I know that they're watching wherever they are, and maybe they're home on their couch because of all this COVID stuff. And uh, for all of us here, we're all joining together in our hearts and minds, spirit together. So uh, you continue to pray. We continue our series in James. Today's message is on my will versus God's will. And I want to jump right in because a lot of what we've been talking about already is, is that. It's my will versus God's will. It's in the song. It's in the prayers. It's been leading to this right here to this message in God's word. So um, I want to jump right in and not, not take us off the path too much and, uh, and have to come steering back. So if, you're, if you have your Bibles, um, iPad, iPhone, whatever you use with God's word, turn with me in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. The will of God. And as, as we start talking about this, I want to I make sure that we, the, the, the side street here, that I want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. This is a heart attitude, what we're talking about today. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not going to push away knowingly, intentionally, what's best for you. I, I just, I have a hard time thinking anything but that. I mean, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then the understanding that we want and the intentions that we want would be the will of God. So as we're moving through this today, it's with the heart attitude. You know, you've heard us saying like, this is the heart of the matter. It's the core, it's the center of what we're talking about. So as we open God's word today, I want to make sure that we're with the heart of the matter, the will of God versus what I want to do and what I plan. So let's stand together and honor God's word. I want to start reading. Hopefully I picked up the right glasses here. Yeah. Whew. So verse 13 in James chapter 4. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you're like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this and that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. Father, we thank you for your word today, the infallible word that we strive to know and understand your breath through man to this day today. 
Help us to hide behind you to make the message clear. May your words jump off this page into our hearts, into our lives. For it's your name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Are you certain of the will of God? Are you uncertain about the will of God? Is God your first thought when you're seeking direction or momentum from any decision-making opportunity that you have, a challenge maybe? Um, So many people look at the will of God as like a bargaining chip or bitter medicine. And by that I mean, if you do this for me, God, I'll go to Africa and be a missionary for five years. (laughs) Don't say you hadn't thought that. It's, it's almost like a bargaining chip. If, if, if you'll give this to me, then I'll do this for you. How arrogant of us to think that way. <laughs> that we're going to do something for God he can't do. <laughs> uh, maybe it's, I'm so afraid of God's will because it may be dangerous. How arrogant of us to think that way. And, and from a general statement, let me say this. The most dangerous place you can possibly be is not in God's will. The most dangerous place you can be is not in God's will. In fact, the safest place you could be would be right where God wants you to be. So that's the premise that we're talking about today. The general understanding of how simple but complex in nature, simple it is, To follow God's way. Stop making plans without God's direction. It's dangerous. Stop making your plans without God's direction. There's three sins that I want to talk about today that keep us from planning for the future. Three sins. They're simple, and I want to encourage you to write these down. The first is the danger of ignoring God's will. The danger of ignoring God's will. Is your first consultation with God, God, please bless all the plans I've made. Is your first consultation God, give me direction because I don't know where to go. I want to see your way. And I want to make plans based on what you want. So the consultation with God becomes not the bitter medicine or not the bargaining chip. It's because God knows more than we know. He knows tomorrow. He knows the past. He knows today. He made us, and he has a plan for us. So in that same process, why would we go on without that? Well, common sense would tell us, well, no, we don't want that. And yet we live day to day like we do. And we only need God in the crisis. This scripture right here in verses 13 through 15 talk about the merchant that presumes that he's on the right path. And God has no say, and he's on his, on his way, not realizing his mortality, 
not realizing if he'll even be alive tomorrow, not even know what tomorrow holds, and is boasting in arrogance that he knows that, that he is going to make a profit. He's going to go off. He's going to do whatever he wants to do in this city, doing this or that, and he's going to make a profit. The presumption is overthinking really who we are and who God is, who we leave God out in that process. God's will is not like a Coke machine that we go up to, we put a dollar in, and out comes a Coke Zero. Whew. That moment, cold. Did I say cold? Cold. Put a dollar in, cold Coke Zero comes out of the machine. That's mechanical. We act like God's will is the same way. We act like we invest something we put it into the machine and out pops God's will and whoo, we see it. It's not mechanical. God's will is not mechanical. God's will is a living relationship with the one true God. And it becomes obvious to it the more we obey, the more we understand, the more we read God's word, God's will becomes evident and easy to see. not mechanical if we could see what God sees we would choose God's way every time I truly believe that if we could see what God sees we would pick God's way every time but it's called trust where do we trust God in that or do we not because part of that is and we've we've prayed about it I don't know if you've heard that. We've, we, we sang about it. Do we trust him in that? Or do we have to see it before we agree to it? A believer's relationship to the will of God is a growing experience. And the more you're in it, the more you see it, the easier it is to recognize. That we're not begging God to show us something that he is willing to reveal to us. He's not trying to hide it. He's trying to give it to us. First, we should know the will of God. And the will of God is not a, dis a difficult journey. Only for those that are stuck in their own will. Willing to obey him and willing for him to, to reveal to us. The obedience factor is a part of that. In, Jane, in uh, John 7, 7, it says, If anyone wants to do this, do his will, he will understand whether the teaching is from God or I am speaking on my own. For the believer, in John 7, 17, it's simple. It's because I am in a relationship with someone who is guiding me. One of my, my mentors in ministry told me almost 30 years ago now, and it rings true every day since. Obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. Obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. God typically doesn't reveal his plan and will to just curious people. He reveals it to someone who is willing to obey him. 
It's not, I choose door two. <laughs> He's not putting three doors and we're, let's make a deal in Africa. It's a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Ready and willing to obey him. Easy to see. God's not trying to hide it. He's trying to reveal it to us in the wide open. In fact, I would even be bold to say that most of his will is right here. It's in the word of God. Now, it comes with the experience that's personal to you and personal to me. Do you read it? Do you read God's word? It's easy to understand God's will if you're seeking God's will because you want to obey it. And many of us don't read scripture. And yet we are confused why we don't know God's will. Number two, the danger of thinking of yourself too highly. The danger of thinking of yourself too highly. Verse 16. Alazanea is a Greek word that I just butchered, I think. But anyway, um, it, I'm, I'm not a Greek theologian for sure. What's fascinating and why I want to bring that word up is because that word is a direct translation of a wandering quack, a medicine man, a person that travels trying to get you to buy into an ailment that fixes everything, but it really under, under delivers and over promises over and over, not, not once or twice, over and over. The idea of thinking of ourselves too highly in, in, in this same word is the problem of who's in control of our destiny. And James is using this word to, to mean several things. One is an arrogant display. To be cautious of an arrogant display. If you're, if you're displaying your arrogance and boasting, it should be in the Lord, not in me. Not in what I'm doing. Not successful or whatever. Popularity. It's not a popularity contest. In fact, it's only used twice in the Bible. Once here, referring to evil. The same as the evil of Jesus saying that we pray protection from in the Lord's Prayer. In James 2, um, he's referring to judgment. And we, we talked about that several weeks ago, about the judgment of God and the judgment that's his and not ours. And the, the arrogance that comes with, if we think we're judging and we're, we're capable of judging, then we begin to build arrogance. And the danger here is you cloak your humbleness in arrogance. Cloaking your humbleness and arrogance is a dangerous place to be because that means that I know more than what God is planning for me and I can choose that to make it better for me. 
That's verse 16. The danger of social media today is almost the trap of this exact thing. It's not just grass is greener on the other side. It's the trap of beginning to change my mind of how I think, how I feel, and the need that I have to tell you something, so I throw it out there to make you feel like I have it together. That becomes, we talked several weeks ago about the reverse problem of boasting, that we need to boast in the Lord and pray that God would give us grace and humbleness not cloaked in arrogance humbleness I wish there was some kind of rule Um, the same mentor that told me this about obedience and spiritual knowledge he told me Lynn if you're going to make a large purchase you need to step back and put a parameter on that of like three, you know, go three days, maybe wait seven days, wait a whole week before you do something just in the blink of a moment, evaluate, pray, seek counsel, have a, have a way to You know, we have a one-day posting rule because I think a lot of times it would probably not get posted the way it got posted. If we had a day to think through it a little deeper, how people are going to perceive that or how people are going to understand that or what are, what are people going to think of me when I say this? And it's not all things. It's just some. But the trap of this very thing of thinking of, our, of yourself too highly And the caution from John that we not boast, that we know something that we don't know. Here, he's speaking of the journey and God's will. Number three, the danger of failing to act. Excuse me. Verse 17, the danger of failing to act. Omission, leaving out, vanishing, omitting. On and on and on we could go with the very problem of failing to act. Sin is not only missing the mark of doing wrong, it's also a sin when we don't do what's right. In verse 17, clear. He doesn't mince words. We can't just have good intentions. We have to do it. It's wrong to know what to do and not do it. So if we're seeking God's will, the idea of obedience is an immediate truth. In fact, the Bible teaches instant obedience. When God prompts us, we should act on it. How do I know it's God? That depends on your living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You should know what it sounds like. You should know what he feels like. You should know how how he speaks to you. 
And the, the experience of that over and over and over again gives you confidence in that very thing. It's not the machine that I pop in investment and out pops the God's will box that I open up and go, oh, no, I don't think that's not, that's not good enough. Or, oh, there it is. I'm doing that. It's not mechanical. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We often fail to miss the mark of what God is calling us to do because we don't take the clear command and obey. And we talk in here, just to kick a, a, a horse one more time, <laughs> we talk about being bold. Students give me a hard time about saying bold all the time. Analy sorry. Be bold. When God speaks and you walk up and you see a need, roll up your sleeves and get involved. It might be speak. It might be a message. It may be your presence. It, you don't know what that person may be going through, but God knows what's happening. And if you take the step of obedience when you're prompted, then amazing things begin to happen because now God's in control of the situation with that person and with you because we're agreeing on it. God's in control of it anyway. Even if we ignore it, it's only dangerous for us. It's not dangerous for God. God already knows. God's all-knowing. He's all places at the same time. The omnipotence of God becomes what we should be trusting. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. For I, God, know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being. Not for disaster, but for a hope to give you a hope in a future. As the band's coming back up, I want to be real clear on two things. One is the attitude that I began this message with. The attitude of God's will. Because there's really two parts of this that become the attitude that we look at that we see it's either we saw it and we failed because we didn't see it correctly or we didn't operate quick enough or we didn't do the right time or that we just ignored it because if you have a relationship with Jesus the living relationship is a part of the experience of God and the more you do it the better you get at it God begins to use you even more. And, and then we, we begin to pray in the morning and night, and we're, we're trying to figure out, man, God just starting to use me all the time. No, that's because you're finally listening. Remember, God doesn't play favorites. God has his plan. Take steps today to bring accountability into your life that you might tell someone about some struggles that you've had and bring prayer and support with it. It's not a hollow commitment. 
It's full of rich living in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't know this Jesus we keep talking about. Maybe you're online. You don't even know what this relationship looks like. You, like you've heard of God, but you don't know, like, what does that mean, a relationship with Jesus Christ? We would love to talk to you about that. Because all that we're talking about today assumes the fact that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, we would love to help you get there. In fact, that's who we are as a church. There's a, an email that is the best way to get hold of us. We're, we've been struggling trying to contact and connect with people. And the best way that's happening right now is email. A contact prayer at the fellowship.cc. Prayer at the fellowship. We would love to pray with you. Ask us a question. The elders, elders just met this week, and I love meeting, I love an elder meeting because we get, to, we get to talk about the family of God, to oversee, to pray, to care for. And we would love to do that with you if you give us that freedom. Prayer at the fellowship.cc. May God give you grace. The dose of grace, exactly what you need. Some of us need a truckload, some of us need a thimbleful. And then tomorrow we switch places. The will of God, it's right in front of us choose it and obey Lord we thank you for today we thank you for the freedom and the privilege we have to gather together just like this to talk about your word and it's our desire to want to know more and more about what that direction looks like personally not down the row not in that chair over there right here in me That's our prayer. We seek it. We are desperate for it. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen.